0: Good morning, it's Tuesday, July 7th, 2015. My name is Chris, and this is Tech Talk Today, episode 194. My name is Chris, and I'm getting ready for a crowd today. I invited folks over for episode 100 of the Linux Unplugged program. We've had about five or six people RSVP, I think. I don't know how many of those people actually show up, but I got enough burgers to serve 20. So if you're in, no, I'm kidding. I don't know. If, at this point, you're too late because you're probably listening right now. But maybe, maybe, maybe you can come down on the weekend and get an extra burger. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. You'll, if you want to hear more about that, tune in to episode 100 of Unplugged today. We're going to have a little celebration. But in the meantime, we have some news to get into today. So let's bring in our mumble room. Time-appropriate greetings, L Mumble Room. Appropriate. Hello. 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 Good night. Hey. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I know some of you are pretty hardcore Firefox fans. Uh, I think, you know, Firefox is a great project. And today there's a lot of talk about changes coming to Firefox down the road. Um, Two big emails went out from the head of the Firefox project, uh, Camp, I believe, is his last name. If I'm if I'm recalling from my fuzzy memory this morning. uh, And and he announced several... Yeah, Dave Camp, Firefox Director of Engineering. uh, He outlined what he calls three pillars of the new Firefox. Uncompromised quality, best of the web, and un... Uniquely... I'm sorry. (laughs) Uniquely Firefox. I was going to say un-Firefox. Uniquely Firefox. Now... uh, this is really an interesting kind of breakdown and a change of focus. They say it's going to be uncompromised quality to strip out Firefox half-baked ideas, i.e. removal of features, to carry them through to the completion so that they're polished, functional, and a joy to use. This program is internally dubbed Great or Dead, as in if Firefox devs can't make a feature great, it should be killed off altogether. Uh, Camp says in the email that Electrolysis, Firefox's massively overdue implementation of per-tab processes, is one of the first features it needs to be focused on to get the kind of snappy experience we need to make for Firefox to feel great. This is really encouraging. Um, I don't quite understand how that could have ever not been the threshold. How is the threshold ever not to ship something great? How the hell is that? How is that ever the, the project yeah, culture? I don't know. And, standard. and it's funny because I'm actually looking at one of the
1: images they generated from this little campaign thing, and has Yahoo search in the best of the web thing. And honestly, it's been disappointing every time I've used it. Yeah. for Yeah,
0: yeah. And the other ways, and another, another um, quote-unquote best of the web is establishing. They said more partnerships, uh, which some people are getting a little. Little. Oh, what does that mean? You know, um, what does that mean for Yahoo? Tiles are best of the web. Yeah, yeah. Is that what that means exactly? Uh, it's a, they, ours says it's a more nebulous peer, pillar that concerns itself with ad, with the add-ons community. Something else coming. Uh, it looks like they're going to finally pull the plug on XUL and, uh, and XBL, the uh, binding language, and they're just going to move all the way over to HTML5 for some of the UI components. But that means a lot of extensions are completely out the door. So that's going to yeah. be a huge deal, too. This is, I mean, this is really, really major stuff coming to Firefox if they go through with all of this. Revamping from XUL. Is going to be huge, um, and you know it's interesting because Firefox is all about the web, and they even kind of said that like we're all about the open web and and all open standards. And then for us, we use X, XUL, and not that it isn't great for us, but you know that the rest of the web hasn't picked it up, and we need to go the direction the rest of them are. Um, I, I, they have to do these things. These things needed to be done a couple of years ago. Electrolysis, for example, when when it came out, when it came out that Google had a beta browser with process isolation like how many years ago does anybody know how many years ago it was when Chrome was originally in beta it, are we 3 4 or 5 years now sounds about right and we've Isn't known
2: with Google in beta
0: well yeah but i mean like we've known since then that the new competitor on the market was going to have per process tab isolation built in baked in no extra add-ons needed no 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 software under development it was baked in And since that time, they still haven't shipped it. I hope they pull this off because, man, they need it. And, you know, this is at least what what they have to do so they're making the right moves. Um, And if anybody out there has any more insights or thoughts, uh, please share them with me. Um, I wish the best for the Firefox project, and I'd love to have more insights and and, – and see where they're going with this, techtalktoday.reddit.com, if you know more. Now, you don't have to worry about the size of that Chrome browser, do you? I mean, it is a big browser. It takes up a lot of RAM, doesn't it? But that's okay. Samsung is bringing 2-terabyte solid-state drives, SSDs, in 2 terabytes, guys, to the home PC. Coming soon. Which, of course, what do I think of when I hear this? Because you know what? If you go get the 2 terabyte, uh, like their 850 Pro, like their high-end, nice model, it's going to be a $1,000 drive. Now, they're going to have some that are in the range of like $800, which is pretty incredible. Pretty incredible 2 terabytes for $800 in an SSD. Kind of blows my freaking mind. But what that really makes me excited about is that means like the 750s and the one terabytes are going to come down even further in price. I hope this puts price pressure on Intel as well, because those are the ones I really want. And uh, this is good all around. Two terabyte SSDs. Could you imagine that like an array? <laughs> oh man. Once you get to this size, once you start getting to two terabytes, then I'm pretty much I'm starting to be able to make the case where I would not need any spinning media. Like we right now when we when we have big storage, like we'll start at we prefer to buy smallest as four terabyte drives right now. But you know, in a pinch you could go two terabyte, I suppose, if you had the money. Theoretically if you have the money, you could now have SSD storage, incredible SSD speeds with spinning disk capacity. I think this is pretty cool. I
1: don't know who's Yeah, I guess it depends on the pricing, right? Because yeah. I mean, if a 1 terabyte disk now if you're buying like an A50 Pro is less than 500 bucks. It's yeah. like 450 to in the 500. Isn't that amazing? There. So you're paying like around forty five cents a gigabyte for a one terabyte, but wouldn't you think has that would just come good down? Performance characteristics? Wouldn't you think? So? I don't think so. No? I think the. I mean, if you look at how they've always priced these things out, um, the bigger ones are usually slightly more economical because I guess they have sl- you, you know it's one less controller they have to buy. So if you were going to buy, you know, um, two terabytes of NAND over two one terabyte disks. You now have like two controllers, mm-hmm. you know, two more enclosures, all these things around it, as well as the NAND that's on the on the. Uh, that does the, cost, like the huh? Controller board there, yeah. So the cost is brought down a little bit, but I think it's also just to force people into certain price segments as
0: well. Um, well, I like I was saying with Corky, I, I was reading what Corky was saying here. He says the implementation for SATA three uh, are still too incomplete at the moment. So many there's many competing protocols. So I didn't realize this. I haven't been following this very closely. He said I would leave it a year or two to get into large SSDs. I didn't realize there's competing protocols for SATA three.
1: Yeah, and oh, and also one thing to consider is that once you go above like 5 ter, or sorry, not 5 terabytes, uh, 512 gig yeah. of NAND on these things, you're actually starting to saturate SATA speeds. And so it almost makes more sense to buy a bunch of 256 or 512 gig drives if the pricing works out. When you say that, do so you that mean you that you
0: just, well, you just can't, uh, by saturating SATA speeds, do you mean you just couldn't write to the entire drive as fast? You
1: could write to the entire drive, but what you're going to find is that the NAND is fast enough to keep up with the bus. Yeah. And so you're not actually gaining any speed by going to one terabyte with just a single disc. Sure. But you'll find you gain speed by doing like a RAID 0 of 2, five twelve gig discs. Ah, uh, I see what
0: you're saying. So if you, you won't gain speed, ops, Right. But, if but speed, you'll increase speed. Hmm, good tip.
1: So it is something worth to consider, especially if the pricing is like the 256 gig disc is half the price of yeah. the 512 gig disc.
0: Yeah. Mm, might as even...
1: long as you have the space and as long as you have the SATA ports, it makes a lot of sense. 256 is definitely If you need high de- de- If you need high density, like if you had a laptop and you can only have one disk, mm. then the 2 terabyte may be right for you. But if you have a desktop and you can hold like 10 disks, you may want to look at like a 256 gig or 512. It depends on what performs right. But in general, you're going to find that these things have such high bandwidth already that you're just going to want to buy a ton of small ones <laughs> if you can. Yeah. Because they're so cheap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially the 256s now. So that's awesome. Yeah, because
1: that's like 150 bucks. Yeah, so Yeah. Wow.
0: Pricing works out nicely. Huh. That's a good to know. So uh, that's the Samsung. That's the Samsung that's doing well. That's the Samsung that's got some good stuff going for it. The Samsung Mobile Division, though, I I don't know what the hell's going on. They're seeing their seventh straight profit decline. Uh, the world's largest smartphone maker by shipments has seen its software uh, it's seen a decline again this quarter, which makes it the seventh in a row. This is pr- it's getting kind of kind of ridiculous now these numbers are in uh, won so don't flip out when i read these numbers to you <laughs> uh, but south korean technology giant uh, cr- uh, they, this is what they like to call them samsung uh, has, has it expects to earn just 6.9 trillion korean won so 6 billion dollars in operating profit for the 3 months ended in june that's a 4% dis- decline from the same period a year earlier it said revenue will likely drop to 48 trillion won down 8.4% from the same period last year Overall, the year over-year profit and sales declines come uh, amid a likely robust growth in Samsung semiconductor operations. So semiconductor operations, interestingly enough, doing very well for them. The S6 is not doing well at all. They say they have a glut in this Wall Street uh, Journal article, a glut of unsold Galaxy S6 devices, particularly the white-colored devices and not enough Galaxy S6 Edge smartphones to sell. So they have too many of the white regular S6s, like a glut of them, and they don't have enough S6 Edges. Hmm. Possibly just just
1: bad market research there.
0: I guess. Yeah, that's a a bit of a mistake. Uh, Wow. So for the second quarter, uh, this is what shocks me. This is what I can't wrap my head around. For the second quarter, just for the second quarter, analysts estimate the company shipped 71 million to 76 million smartphones, with the two Galaxy S6 phones accounting for slightly more than 20% of the shipments. (laughs) Uh, How can you sell... Almost seventy-six million. How can you ship almost seventy-six million phones and still be losing money?
1: Well, you're just doing. You're performing worse. Not necessarily losing. Did it say they were losing money, or they were performing worse than before? Uh, Well, they had a lot of their profits are down. down. You take that previous phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they're uh, making too many separate, separately different devices. They're not making one or two models.
0: I cannot figure out who does make money selling Android. I know that Microsoft makes money and Google makes money. Microsoft is selling, making money off of patent licensing and Google makes money off of the deals with the OEMs for the play services and the support contracts and all of that. But, but I don't think LG really makes any money at this. I don't know how well Sony's doing. There was just an interview with their CEO this morning that said that they're going to stick with it no matter how much they bleed. Uh, that was today. Uh, obviously, Samsung, the largest Android manufacturer, isn't making enough money at this. Moto just is um, getting sold to Lenovo. Uh, uh, HTC is losing its ass. Um, who is it in Android that makes money? Huawei last ah. year apparently got thirty-three percent growth. I don't know if that's specifically from Android, however. No, I bet. I bet. I bet Huawei or Xiaomi. Xiaomi is also uh, Xiaomi is another one. I bet that. Uh, so the China companies. Yeah. Yeah. Great point the ones that also those ones in particular de google themselves as much as possible like some of them oh, yeah, that's really huh i am just trying to figure out who it is in the us then and, and and maybe just say the western nations that makes money on android that actually sh- sh- ships a product uh no Yaomei. i guess so yeah uh logcat i guess yaume is pronounced like i don't know yeah. yeah it's it's yeah i'm uh, I'll I'll keep trying it. But, yeah, recently I was told it's pronounced, uh, even though it's spelt with an X, it's pronounced Yao. Yao-me. Yao-me, actually, is how I believe that it's me at the end, but I'm not sure. Or yo-me. Ah, jeez, I'm sorry. I am trying to get it right. (laughs) Did you guys hear about this story about, I mean, the news media just loves a hacking group that gets hacked. You know, the hackers that hack the hackers. So a hacking team, which sells surveillance tech to governments, has been exposed by... You're ready for this. A major hack. Now, what might be interesting, and we might have more by Thursday for TechSnap, is there seems to be a few bits of goodies that are coming out as part of this hack, like um, a perhaps a undisclosed vulnerability in SE Linux that affects uh, Android 4 and above. Um, there's also it looks to be a vulnerability that affects jailbroken iPhones that was previously rumored but not disclosed that has come out as part of the stash of stuff I want to play you this so this group that got hacked they're a hacking team like we hacked the hackers and they're super super badass and this is their commercial to sell their services these are the people that got hacked this is their commercial and now you tell me you wouldn't want to buy it from them
1: you have new challenges today yeah I do Sensitive data is transmitted over encrypted channels. Oh, man. Often the information you want is not transmitted at all. Your target may be outside your monitoring domain. (laughs) Is passive monitoring enough? You need more.
0: You want to look
1: through your target's eyes.
0: You have to hack your target. You have to hack your target. Browsing the web, exchanging documents, receiving SMS, crossing the borders.
1: You have to hit many different platforms.
0: Windows, OS X, iOS, Android, Blackberry, Symbian, Linux. You have to overcome encryption and capture relevant Target data. location, messaging, relationships, web browsing, audio, and video. Oh, oh, oh. So that's these guys. This is who got hacked. And you can tell they're a super pro operation because that guy has a really deep voice. So you know they're a pro operation. And uh, they, uh, they uh, were getting more and more, I guess, prestige. And right as that starts to happen, these, guys, these other hackers came along and smacked them down. I'd love to know the real backstory behind this. I think it's more than we're being led to believe. But this came out uh, late yesterday. It's breaking today. And I think by Thursday we'll probably have a lot more on it. And anybody in the Mumba room have anything from this story before we jump to the next one? Actually, our last one. Going once, going twice. Uh, it, uh, Corky says – I like this. Corky, when don't you just get in the mumble room again? He says, it's sad that the apparent clients seem to be oppressive governments looking to jail executive dissidents or execute dissidents rather than attempting fraud. Yeah, that's really who they're selling to, right, is your target domain and things like that. That's all military speak. All right. Brace your wallets. No, it's not a Steam sale. It might actually be even worse. It's Amazon's Prime Day. Everybody knows about it, but i got to cover it because I just want to give you a heads up. This is a daily show, so it's a nice opportunity to give you a heads up on stuff like this. I can't believe it. I, I really can't believe it. But on July 16th, it's going to be 20 years of Amazon Prime. Blah, 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 what? Yeah, 20 years of Amazon Prime on July 16th. That's next Thursday. Not this Thursday, but next Thursday, okay? And uh, it's, <laughs> Amazon says they're going to put Black Friday to shame. And uh, I don't know what the hell that means, but they say next week, Amazon turns 20, and on the eve of its birthday, the company introduces Prime Day, a global shopping event, which sounds like it's going to be back every year, offering more deals than Black Friday, exclusively for Prime members in the U.S., U.K., Spain, Japan, Italy, Germany, France, Canada, and Austria. Austria! Look at you guys. You got in on there, too. On Wednesday, July 15th, new and existing members in the U.S. will find deals starting at midnight. So starting on July 15th. Oh, okay. On July 15th, and that is doot, 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 next Wednesday, if that would make sense, wouldn't it? So let's see. Their birthday is technically the Friday, I guess. And so on the day before, so yeah, starting 15th on midnight, so that's Wednesday. So you can stay up and watch Unfilter, and then after you finish Unfilter, you can go shopping uh so uh let's see uh on july 15th new existing members of the u.s will find new details starting at midnight with new details starting as often as every 10 minutes oh these guys uh they can shop thousands of lightning deals seven uh popular deals of the day and receive uh, uh, unlimited fast free shipping well there you go prime day consumerism day at amazon.com there you go there you go and uh, you know what i i i don't blame him prime's actually not a bad way to go i've been a prime member for quite a while And way before they even have the streaming stuff. Uh, So uh, I wanted to mention, if you don't want to spend your money on Amazon Prime Day, you could always go over to Patreon.com slash today and maybe help out the whole Jupiter Broadcasting Network shows that you don't even know about, get created from this funding or things that we're working on that you might not know about. Mm, I don't want to say too much, but let's just say – actually, you probably – if you're savvy, you probably – You probably have heard about it if you're in the IRC quite a bit. But that's one of the fun things. We get to work on little Skunk Works projects, and sometimes they come to light. Sometimes they don't. And that's a nice thing that we get to do without having to really worry about, you know, lining up sponsors first and things like that. But even more, outside of that, you know, it has been unbelievably, unbelievably challenging these last few weeks. I don't know if it's because of heat. Or what? But there's been a lot of little equipment things, just little issues here and there. And so to know that we are not completely up a creek when one of those things happens, we have a little bit of funding we can go pull from. And it's so great because it's the kind of stuff that keeps us on the air. So this funding goes and helps us replace components like uh, these HDMI capture cards run super, super, super hot. Well, one of them is on carpet because of the way the machine's at. Well, you know what? And when it's 90 degrees in the studio and that thing's sitting on carpet, it got too hot. And so we had to replace that. Well, it's $200 or actually $300. Mm -hmm. And before we had the system set up, that probably would have gone on my personal credit card, really, because we run a pretty tight ship. We don't really want to have a bunch and bunch and bunch of ads all the time. We don't want to push this too much. So we kind of keep it as tight as we possibly can, but still make everything work. And when we, when we, gave, this, when we gave us this runway here, with this Patreon funding, that's when we started to say, oh, man, we can start budgeting a little bit. We can start growing a little bit. And then you started to see things pick up, like our event coverage and our travel and our event, all these things getting more organized. It's starting to make things better across the board. And we're really just getting started. Now we want to start maybe bringing somebody into the studio to help me out full time. And we want to be able to say... We have this baseline of funding to make that possible. It's not dependent on any one particular sponsor. It's not dependent on any one particular like, affiliate deal that could be taken away and then we'd have to fire the person. It's based on the, peop- it's based on the funding from the people we're making the shows for. Patreon.com slash today if you'd like to help us out and you get access to the exclusive Patreon activity feed. Thanks to all 552 of you. Now, tomorrow, I don't know, you could always check the calendar, but right now I'm not planning to do a show in the morning. I'm planning to go for a day hike uh, until about the afternoon so I can get back here and work on Unfilter. But I've got to get an early start because then I have to make it back here for room for Unfilter. So uh, to do that, I'm going to cancel tomorrow's Tech Talk. So I'll take tomorrow off Wednesday. So I can go out and get some fresh air. Hopefully, it'll be nice weather. Uh, But if it turns out to be a totally crappy day or something like that, I might just pop right back in the studio and do a show. So you can always find out by going to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. But right now, my intention is not to be in studio tomorrow morning until uh, Unfilter. But BSD now will still be in the afternoon. And, of course, Unfilter will be in the evening. And you can find all of that at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. And I also want to thank everybody who goes to techtalktoday.reddit.com to make this show a little bit better. I really appreciate that. End of show clips are always welcome there. Kickstarters of the week are always great. And news stories that you think are interesting and should be discussed are definitely, definitely appreciated there. techtalktoday.reddit.com. Now, I'm going to leave us with a smartphone commercial. (laughs) But not one for a phone you've ever seen before, I bet. Because it never shipped. It wasn't even a real product. It was sort of like a idea of a product that if you bought into Intel's smartphone platform, you could have a phone just like this without having to do much work and ship it, put your own name on it. Here's the thing. Intel's been pitching this idea for many, many years, so we're going to jump a little bit back in the Wayback Machine and go back to 2012 when Intel thought they really had this mobile thing licked and everybody would be picking themselves up an Intel-powered smartphone the next year. Well I I don't think it really turned out like that. But it's still a great and very interesting commercial to watch because I think the real the real people they're pitching to are the OEMs, not actual end users. But it's one of those commercials that tries to cover all its bases. It's kind of fascinating. So enjoy this, see you right back here on Thursday at JBLive.tv, nine AM Pacific, noon Eastern.
2: Greetings, agent, and welcome to the top-secret Intel testing facility. You're here to learn about this, our latest Intel-powered smartphone. It has an advanced processor inside, the same technology that powers the world's top computers. This phone is supercharged to keep up with your supercharged life. Please come with me. Our engineers will now demonstrate how the advanced Intel processor enables fast web browsing, super responsive apps, and effortless multitasking. With Intel-powered smartphones, doing the things that you love to do has never been easier. This is one of our more groundbreaking features the advanced 8 megapixel HD camera. It's so fast you can take up to 10 shots per second, so you'll never miss a shot. Even in challenging environments. And video quality. Not only can you shoot movies in high def 1080p, you can watch them as well. So lifelike it makes grown men squeal. With all that technology, you're going to need a long-lasting battery. This one's power-optimized to keep up with even our most demanding user. So, you can talk, listen, watch and play longer without worrying about battery life. They're going to be at that for a while, but you're now qualified to use the newest Intel-powered smartphones. Now get out there and make good use of them. Your life depends on it. Okay, maybe not, but it's a pretty amazing device. You should go check one out.